Welcome back to The Learned Men, a very special episode of The <laughs> Learned Men. We are here, I am here, uh, just doing a little double trouble today. Uh, some twosome. With Well Hung Haven. <laughs> How have you been, my son? Been busy, been yeah. dealing with a lot of shit, glad to be back. Well, how are you doing during the Halloween season? Are you ready? Are you getting spooked out? Oh yeah, I'm feeling nice and creepy. We gave each other a little bit of homework. Uh, we, we, we wanted to learn at each other. <laughs> Uh, really, really hard. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. And uh, so we gave each other, I'm pulling up the list now so I remember what we had each oh, other nice. watch. <laughs> we did a little movie marathon separately. We went through and picked three of our favorite movies. Drew can't be here tonight. He's, having, he's having some uh, He's having some car trouble and uh, he got pulled over and the cop said uh, for, he needed to show him his penis. <laughs> and... Uh, and so Drew's in the middle of sorting that out. But uh, in the meantime, we'll just go on. And I guess we'll talk about the one Drew uh, picked out as well. The ones that Drew picked out as well. Honorable mentions. Yeah, exactly. So we each picked three and we're going to do a round robin thing. Um, so we'll start off. You had 1992. Bram Stoloko's Dracul. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. Which is one that I... Didn't ever see. I, I like Francis. You've never seen Gobel. that movie? No, no, this was my first time viewing really? it. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was familiar with a little bit of um, the levels that he went to to keep everything practical mm-hmm. and to do everything. Oh my God, it's insane what he on, did. Like all the in-camera effects. Yes, the in-camera stuff on sound stages, the weird stuff he does with shadows. Um, the whole first 30 minutes of the film is one of the most visually arresting gorgeous, unique, and creative right. depictions of this story. The use of color, I mean, shadows, obviously. You are worried going into it that Keanu is going to be distracting or whatever, but you, that kind of melts away. I don't think Keanu was a name at this point, so no one was like, he was, you know, being like, oh my God, Keanu He was an kind of like a, a heartthrob, but like a joke at that point. Mm-hmm. He had not had the renaissance. Was he in Bill and Ted by that point? I mean, maybe. I'm not sure. What year was Bill and Ted? Because this was 92. So, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the, apparently the studio said, we need like a hot guy to play this role. I think Johnny Depp was in talks to do it, but they were like, we don't want Johnny. We want... I feel like Johnny Keanu. Depp would have made more sense. He would have made more sense for sure. Uh, especially with Nona Ryder. They had a lot of chemistry because they used mm-hmm. to fuck. So... <laughs> What stuck out to me most for sure was that first like 30, 40 minutes. The only not practical effect that I clocked was the blue flames, which I had to look up what that meant because I was like, if he could have gotten away with not including that, he would have because that would mean he was 100% practical. So apparently something with the blue flames was important to the story. And apparently it was like in the book or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like when where treasure is about or something like that. Yeah, it was like a video game thing. Like, you know, go here. Yeah, kind of like a... Let me way- winks. Let me <laughs> yeah, A little waypoint. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, that moment stuck out for me. I I was really surprised by how good the creature design of like the werewolf version of uh, Dracula I know. Was. I was shocked that we actually got like a real freaking werewolf in yeah, this. Yeah. Was that Dracula? I, I didn't... I was oh, like, yeah, that yeah, was Dracula. That's what I thought. I was like, so he's a werewolf and a vampire. That's what I was like. I'm like, wait, he's two things? He was yeah. bitten? And I was I was watching, and I was like, well, first of all, that opening sequence where Anthony Hopkins is narrating, and they're doing the sh- everything in shadow. Mm-hmm. All those little shadow puppets. Gorgeous. Just 
beautiful. The armor that he's wearing, where it looks like muscles. Oh my god! Just, like I, I when I first watched that, I'm like, this is like an anime Dracula. Yeah. And then like later, I found out. The costume designer was from Japan, never nice. heard of Dracula before, and that's how Francis Coppola kept it. Right. He'd be like, design me like what an elegant person would wear. And like that's why all the wardrobe he wears, like all the regalia and everything, is all like it's dragons so, and the, shit. The way the cape drags behind him and those yeah. really high angles. Coppola loved those high angles. I think the, the DP on The Godfather at one point was angry with him because he was uh, he was shooting the the attemptive assassination of Don Corleone. We dropped the orange yeah. fall over. There's that top down shot that they shot like out of uh, through like a window of a building or something, mm-hmm. and you see him fall down. And the the DP was like, "Why? Whose point of view is that?" And Copa <laughs> just went, "It's it's fucking God's point of view. Who cares? <laughs> it's you know, it's like you don't. You always it's my need, point of view. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much like cool shit like that where. And, and like the laws of physics don't really make sense when Dracula's around. Like the rats are on the ceiling and stuff drips mm. up, and the shadows going crazy yeah. behind him. And it's a realistic depiction of somebody like in that era, politeness overriding self preservation instincts. Mm-hmm. Keanu at no point is like, "I need to get the fuck yeah, out of fuck here." Fuck you! <laughs> He's resigned to his fate. He's just like, "Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna die, but I can't like leave this nice dinner he prepared for right, me." Right, right. And when he draws the sword on him, that's what. That was the moment, I think that, when he draws the sword at dinner, that marks the end of that, like, 40-minute mark where I was entranced by everything, and I was a little thrown off by it, but I was like, okay, so it's going to be one of these kind of movies, too, where everything's heightened a little bit, uh, everything is a little exaggerated. And, you know, also back to, like, when with Winona's stuff with her friend and all the suitors coming through. Yeah, it was was almost like a a Disney, not in a drug, I don't mean that in a, a way of, uh, bashing it. But no, like, you know, the girl everyone loves and everything. The, the suitors came in one after another. After the, One was a Texan. One was a doctor. One, you know, they were all very different in their own ways. And it also, like, jumping ahead was cool how they all kind of came together at the end. I know, that was nice To kind of, like, Gaston the Beast. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, that was pretty fucking tight. Fucking Beauty and the Beast stole this from Dracula. Yeah. So, the, the, the wild departure from Coppola's normal MO of, like, Crime movie, Godfather, crime opera with Godfather. Yeah. He definitely nailed the opera part. In <laughs> yeah, but to like to take it to that level, he the man is the best of that. Aside, I said this before, but aside from Scorsese, he is the best out of the brat pack. Absolutely, of Scorsese, Coppola, Lucas, Spielberg, mm-hmm. De Palma. De Palma's right up there too. It's like Scorsese, De Palma, Coppola. That's kind of the same level. Those are the heavy hitters. Yeah, exactly. And then then it's like Spielberg and Lucas kind of down at the. Hey, what yeah. about us? Yeah. Uh, speaking of George Lucas, and also speaking of the ending, um, did you know that at the end of the film, it was supposed to end uh, at the 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 poignant moment where Keanu is about to shoot. Dracula, or he was about to—he's about to cut off his head or something—and Winona stops him but points the rifle at him and says, Damn. "says you need to, you know, if will you do the same to me?" And he says, "No." <laughs> and he and he, you know, puts uh, whatever he steals himself. He's not going to do it. And then they retreat into the castle. Would have been a nice place to end the movie. She's yeah. lost. She's going with him. It's implied, obviously, he's going to die. They're going to die together. Yeah. And then all the suitors are going to go away. They've done with Van Helsing. They've done what they can. Mm-hmm. And George saw this. He it was screened for him by Coppola, and he's like, "Well, uh, to kill Dracula, you have to cut off his head. <laughs> so I think we should see her cut off his head." 
So they have this extra scene at the end after everything's done. It's like Greedo. It's like Greedo said everything about Han owning, owing money. Better have another scene about Jabba telling Han that he owes him money. Yeah. It's like this additional <laughs> scene where it's like it just kind of takes the. Uh, the, 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 it's just repetitive. It's repetitive and it's like too literal and deliberate. And it's like, I did not need to see that. It's like, there's a, you know, uh, it, it's like all of Rogue One. I didn't mm. care how they stole the plans. Yeah. I just know that they stole the plans. It's like that. It's like, the, so they, yeah, Rogue One's fine or whatever, but the, the, that's such a George thing to say. Like, you should, you should have them cut their head off. That's what, because that's how you do it. If that's, you know, logically, you know, midichlorians are the reason the force <laughs> is a thing. You know, he's got to explain everything yeah. over, the, over the, at the top. And he has to tell you in detail why, and you have to shut up and listen. Yeah. Uh, Sid Hopkins, he does the narration. He also plays one of the like clergymen or whatever in the first scene that uh, Oldman pushes <laughs> down. But how did you feel about his performance as uh, as Van Helsing? I thought it was good. I like it when he's like the mad kind of crazy and everything. Yeah. I really liked him when he was in the Wolfman re- reboot with uh, fucking what's his name. So he played Van Helsing in that as well? No, he played the father of Lawrence Talbot oh, okay. in uh, the Wolfman remake. And it just started off like the grumpy old dad. But then he goes into like the crazy like, oh, no, Lawrence, I'm hunting now. Right. In this movie, he's got this like I've I'm 10 steps ahead of everybody. Except when Winona starts throwing the pussy around. <laughs> and then he almost falls for it. Literally. He's like, supposed to be like the grand vampire right. Poobah, but it's just like, oh, hello, he, youngling. He almost falls for it. I was like, damn, oh. dude. Yeah, I was like, don't fall for it. I was like, I get it. It's Winona. But I, it, it kind of, I was like, damn, dude. He, he almost fell for it. So When they go to the asylum and everything to see oh, Renfield. With Tom, with Tom Waits. Or, it, yeah, Tom Waits. Did you get like Tim Burton vibes from that? Yeah. Like it felt very, like like you said, Disney at one point and everything. Also the the guys with cages on their heads. Uh-huh. I know you haven't played it, but you know I'm obsessed with like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Yes. That shit's right out of Dark Souls and Bloodborne, <laughs> dude. That's like that asylum with the, the people with cages. That was right out of there. Yeah, him like hanging out the window with a straight jacket and he rips out of it. That did feel, that felt Burton. Yeah, that did feel Burton. Like when he's shooting up heroin and everything yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just the scenery, you felt like something looking at like the Tim Burton, like Batman, like a Gotham alleyway. Right, yeah, that whole, the sense of place was a little tough because everything was so, Transylvania did not look much different from England. No, it did not. It was not very, one bit. It was very heightened and, and It was just gothic. a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, it was very, very overly gothic. So it, it's, you know, it was pretty, uh, but the the scene too where, uh, where Oldman is kind of like stalking Winona Ryder through the streets. See me. Yeah, 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 yeah. See me. That was, that was neat. That was some neat stuff in there, but um, yeah, the, the he's always moment. good at like playing older than what he is. Like, yeah. since, like he's like what thirty in this movie. I don't know, yeah. and you believe like he's a two hundred year old man. He's a chameleon for sure. Whenever he does, like a when role. he played Gordon and everything, he pl- he played like a tired old man. Yeah, and then he played the guy with no face in that Hannibal Lecter movie. <laughs> was it was that that was oh, that was that was him? Yeah, that was him in. Um, it oh wasn't, wow. It wasn't Red Dragon. It was, I think it was just called Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah, that was the Ridley Scott one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that was, I was like really enjoying myself while I watched that. And you get to see Monica Bellucci's tits. This is true. Which is always a plus for a film <laughs> to have. 
I read I read a bunch of stuff stuff on IMDb, and apparently everybody when they were filming that scene, they were too, a bunch of people were too afraid to ask them to take their tops off because they he was in their contract they were going to do a nude scene, but like nobody had the balls to ask her. So Coppola um, goes yeah. up to his kid and he's like <laughs> his son, and he's like, "Go tell her to get her tits out." Fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Boy, come here. And that scene where they're seducing Keanu, they had like a magician come in to figure out how to make them like rise out of the bed. And really? stuff. I just yeah. thought they would just like cut a hole in a mattress. You really need a magician? I thought they'd film it in reverse where they have a hole beneath and they like slowly let them Suck come them in. Because that's how they did the woman going back into her, uh, into the bride going back into her casket. Mm-hmm. When uh, I think it's Hopkins is like, you know. Yeah, when they're checking the body, like when all the when yeah. she's trying to get the kid in there, right? So uh, they shot that her coming out of it, and they rolled it in reverse, so it looked creepy with her going back. And there is some like creepy, like frame skipping type stuff with those, but it was just cool to see Coppola going after a bunch of different types, and again doing it all in camera. The, the, the shadow stuff was oh fucking my God. awesome. The one where he like uh, John's on the train and everything, and like you just have the eyes flowing. That is all practical. That's where I was like, I like, I could am not fucking believe board. that. That wasn't a double exposure. No. How did he do that? So what he did was like, you know, he just like created like a little diorama of like a model train set and everything. Yeah. He filmed the train going over it and he used a projector to like project onto the that's sky cool. Dracula's eyes. That's really cool. See, that's like, that's the stuff. He used the techniques that would have been of the day of like the original like, like you'd be doing that shit in the 70s. Well, yeah, the 70s or even back to like the 40s, mm-hmm. you know, the 40s and 50s when monster movies were big. The 30s too, you could do projection like that. So, I mean, they used to do stuff in just like water tanks. They would like to get smoke effects and stuff. They would like oh. eyedropper, oh, different like food fluids, and shit. Gr- that mm. kind of stuff and get like d- different like plumes of stuff. The uh, old, old, old special effects are a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. I saw a thread on Twitter of a guy that had a bunch of clips of like how they made like a fish look like a monster with forced perspective oh, and that's stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty tight. So, because up until this movie, the son of Dracula was hands down my favorite like Dracula. I've never movie. seen that. It's it's awesome. It's uh, with uh, Lon Chaney Jr., the Wolfman, and mm. everything. And like this is like when they nail Dracula, like his powers, his effects, like all that. Like they do the whole morphing to a bat, good yeah. like smoke. He's using all like the crazy powers, like. They couldn't go and do in the first one where it just like looks silly when it's yeah. like you're sticking their hand out and staring at him. <laughs> yeah. Anything else to say on Dracula? Why can't they ever just say Dracula? They always have to be like Dracul or Dravul. I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> it's like in the Godzilla movies when they say Gojira. It's like, okay, I'll give you cooler. that. <laughs> yeah. It's cooler. Yeah. It's like how they say it over there. Next movie we have to talk about. It was a Drew pick. It was Young Frankenstein. Uh, it took everything not to put that movie on my list. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't come from you. I really wanted to. I figured if I didn't do it, one of you guys doing it, I just didn't want two Frankenstein movies on my list. Yeah. I think the only way I can talk about it is, like, up against the other Brooks pictures. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, Blazing Saddles is always the best. Right. Hands down. So on your list, it would go Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs? I guess. <laughs> I know it's a bit that he's doing, but Wilder really does just scream every line in this whole film. <laughs> From the beginning to the end, he's just screaming. And it and it's pretty funny. Mel just went up to him like, emote, it's a yeah. talkie. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a talkie. <laughs> uh, Igor steals the show. 
Oh my god, I fucking love Igor. He's, the older I get, the more I appreciate like the characters like Igor yeah. and the assistant and everything and Frau Bluher. The, the I expect fa- the lightning effect there. Yeah. <laughs> but just the stupid, like the stuff you laugh at, I forget who said it about like the uh airplane movies and about like the those those guys' movies, but like you laugh at it twice as like once because it was funny and the second time because of how stupid it was and how <laughs> and how stupid it is that you laughed at it. Yep. It's like with a, wow, what knockers? And she's like, <laughs> thanks. Like all the stuff like that. Um, the, the German, uh, the guy with the arm, love him. <laughs> and it keeps fucking up on him. Father, yeah. and you have grandfather's food stops, food stops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, without, it, it's hard to, discuss comedy movies without just saying like remember when this happened this yeah was funny. <laughs> like, it was not awesome that's so funny yeah i don't have much to say on young frankenstein other than props to them for you know shooting it black and white old school as with the level of effects that would have been available in the 30s again i always thought like i've been watching that movie since like my earliest memories watching that on vhs and everything and i thought it was an og monster movie yeah like, I would laugh at it and be like, why am I laughing at this right. horror movie? Like, I legitimately thought. And you're like, wait a minute, that's Raymond's dad. How mm-hmm. is he that old? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's why. And, I mean, and like, yeah, it's like they end on a dick joke. It's, yep. it's a win, that's swish. <laughs> that's a swish for me all day, dude. Every but day. The reason, like, people like this, like this movie, I feel like it's the same humor that, like, Futurama catches. Just oh, like yeah. you say, yeah. the double takes, the once because, oh my God, they the made sh- that the joke. Shtick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And like the Igor being like, you know, I ain't got nobody. Yeah. The Abby normal bit always cracks me up. <laughs> I mean, the hump on his back, switching sides. He's like, wasn't that over the other side? <laughs> so, like, like uh, Frederick? No, it's Frederick. <laughs> they told me it was Frederick. Werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah. That's what <laughs> oh I'm saying. God. If we just keep talking about this, we're just going to end up doing bits from the movie. So <laughs> moving on from that one, I wanted to get this one out of the way early because it's one of my favorite movies ever made. And when Halloween movies come up, I have to talk about it, even though it's a given. It's on everybody's list. Oh, yeah. It's such a normie one to pick, but John Carpenter's the thing. I, I wouldn't not expect you to put this on, but I wasn't surprised it was number one. Yeah, that just seems like an early, like heavy hitter to come out. I wanted to just came out with a haymaker. I wanted to knock it out of the way, and the other two that I picked are more interesting picks. I think, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everybody's seen the thing. If you haven't, fucking watch the thing. Uh, It's probably the best movie ever made. Best body horror, anything. Best horror, best suspense, best thriller. Like it's, it's, it's the way that Carpenter handles paranoia. You know, just each time you watch it, you pick up something new about like, oh, I didn't notice this character does this. Could that mean? You're still mm-hmm. asking yourself questions about who's who yeah. years and years and years later. What, what hit me this time is the when Wilfred Brimley's going nuts and he's uh, he's got he's got a gun and he's shooting at everybody and he's got the axe. And he's swinging it around. Mm-hmm. He's busting up all the computers because he doesn't want anyone knowing what's like he what's do- here. Right. And he doesn't he wants want it to, it to die get away. Here. He wants it to just die there. So McCready tells Childs, mm-hmm. played by Keith David, to run around the corner and effectively put himself in a grave amount of danger. <laughs> and Childs just does it. Which if you know Childs at every other point of the movie, he wouldn't have done that. So I was like- No, he was hiding in the corner in every other scene he and was he's, in. And he's like, fuck you to everybody else. Yeah. So I was like, well, is he already- Because it's obvious at the end of the film, Childs is- got the thing mm-hmm. maybe they both do but most likely it's just childs because he disappears for a while he comes back it's like what you, what could have happened yeah so i'm like was he already 
thinged because you think it happens when he leaves the movie for 20 minutes and they have and then a, he shows up after the explosion. After, yeah. Like, and, hey. Yeah. Guess we'll just sit here. Yeah. Carpenter knows how to do a fucking cool ending. The end of They Live when he's just like, Fuck you. And he, shoots the, <laughs> he shoots the thing or he says like, fuck it. Yeah, I thought he was repeating that in the thing. Well, yeah, the thing he says, yeah, fuck you too. And yeah. he throws the dynamite. Yeah, I think in They Live, I think he says, fuck it. And he mm-hmm. just shoots the satellite and it blows up. Uh, but he, he really knows how to end the movie on a cynical, but... It sits with you. But yeah, I mean, the, the the effects, every single effect holds up. I saw it not too long ago in theaters and... The only one that stuck out a little bit that was like shitty was when they have everybody tied to the <laughs> the, the thing and then the, the the things picking up the dummy and flailing oh, it around. Oh yeah, that's like it's obviously a dummy. Watching that on a 4K TV and on the big screen, someone's it was just like, like shaking a puppet. It stuck. It stuck out. And people have said that the stop motion at the end when the tentacles come out and grab the dynamite plunger and whip it in, that never stuck out to me. Even watching it in theaters, it did not stick out to me as like shitty looking. Maybe it's just because I'm like, I'm okay with stop motion. It just goes past me. Like I, I recognize it. It all looks fine. Like I was impressed. Like the first time, like this was so quick and so like abrupt when they do the first monster change. Cause normally in something like this, it's always just like a slow buildup. You just see like a part, but this, they just fucking rip open the dog tentacles flailing, like spitting acid. And, if you, if I told you to draw what the thing looks like in its natural I form, could you couldn't do it. Nope. That's what's awesome about this monster. Because it was never just like one thing. No. It was always like an amalgamation of like the dog or the yeah. doctor or like a fucking horse. Exactly. And you never really know the thing's intentions. Was it trying to get to say... Because Brimley, like, and the audience is led to believe that the thing is going to infect all of the world. Because Brimley runs the uh, the... the the tests and everything, the, the calculations. The calculations of the computer, and he's like, you know, my God, and that's why he decides. But we don't know that that's the thing's MO. And when, later when we see that it's been through Brimley building this little flying saucer. The escape pod thing. There's a, there's a short story that somebody wrote, like a, like a fanfic thing, called The Things, and it's the entire movie from The Things' point of view. And The Things are the people. Yeah. Uh, and it refers to that ship as a lifeboat. So it takes the point so of view. So he's just trying to get back home, take, like yeah. ET. It takes the point of view that is trying to leave, and, and I could see that. Like that's what my yeah. initial thought was right. when I first saw the ship and everything. It crash landed. He wants to get out of here. He wants but to then leave, when yeah. he's like, no, he wants to get to civilization. Yeah, it's like I never. The, every time I watched it, I was like, yeah, obviously he wants to control the take over the world. And then when the the backup team gets there, it'll probably they'll get thinged. And you know that that's. And it'll perpetuate itself that way. But the more I thought about it, I was like, this thing, and after reading that short story, I was like, yes, it might just want to go home. Yeah, because it makes more sense because if he just, like, kills, if the thing kills everyone else and just, like, sits there as a human until the rescue party comes, then it's going to get civilization. A fucking flying saucer raises more questions like, hey, you just escaped the monster. Why are you in a ship? Right. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even big enough, if you remember, to fit a human. It was tiny, no. It would have probably... Like a dog size. <laughs> like it would have probably left the body of Brimley and crawled inside of it as whatever venom. It probably looked like, like venom when he's not in Eddie Brock or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he just kind of like splooges into it and then leaves. So that's, to me, probably more in line with what would what, what have happened. So it's like, again, you, you get something new out of that thing every single time you watch it. It's, it's in my opinion, John Carpenter's best film. I, I'm not a big Halloween fan. I like the Halloween movie fine. Yeah. But it wasn't my Halloween pick. 
A, because it's like, come on, man, it's obvious. <laughs> and B, because like with anything, like if you watch NBA from the 80s, it's such a slower game. You know, it's not as exciting as it is now. Yeah. It's the same with original slasher movies. It's like they're never as good as the new ones. Well, they're as good, but they're never as like scary. Right. They're never, they don't have that like wow factor. Because it's more about so. the suspense in those because they don't have a budget big enough to afford to be able to do like the whole spectacle. Right. So when they start out, they're just like, you know, a lot of suspense or waiting. or A lot like, of POV like, shots. Yeah. Sneaking up on people. Yeah. And, uh, and in this one, I mean, he had the budget to do this right, and they did everything perfectly. Oh, yeah. Every effect works flawlessly. The head, shooting oh, it in silhouette while the, while the legs come out of it, so fucking when creepy. the fucking crab eyes come out yeah, and everything, and they're yeah. just like, what the fuck? You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> it just rules. It's a certified banger, dude. That movie, I mean, John Carpenter, in my eyes, again, can do no wrong. I've... Like every movie I've ever seen by him, including Starman, and <laughs> I had to just get it out of the way. So, so yeah, that one's off the off the list. 